Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Super J Cast. Joined by, uh, <laughs> I introduce myself. Just um, ruined it already. <laughs> just, I'm just going to introduce you. I, uh, no. Joined by David McDonald. Yeah. I'm the other guy. Uh, it is Wednesday, 18th of October, 2023. This is episode 277. How are you doing, Damon? You all good? Yeah, I think so. Right? We're um, weather is getting a little crisper. Getting a little uh, more. You got your, uh, you got your new. Purchased hoodie on, uh, big big time pro wrestling hoodie. Me, uh, I'm just sitting here in a pair of shorts. Just sitting. when I bought the United Empire hoodie, mainly because it was so fucking cold in London. Was it? And I wasn't expecting it to be that cold, so I was freezing. And I was just like, I need another layer here, so got myself uh, another hoodie, my nice United Empire hoodie. It was the only hoodie they were selling. I would have liked something different, but I got that. Uh, a Gene uh, Blast T-shirt and a, a Line Mark cap. So, oh, look very happy to purchase. And yeah, I'm wearing my uh, United Empire hoodie now as we record. Wow, very soft, really comfortable. Yeah, good job, good job to the uh, what's the 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 company that does the football shirts? They're really good. I like those ones. I don't um, who is it? Who is it? Black Black No Blucksmith. Blucksmith. Hmm. Blucksmith. Yeah. <laughs> it's blacksmith, but with the vowels taken out. So I'm oh. just reading that as blacksmith. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, I think they do a wonderful job. I think here's the thing: there is a there is a big time quality difference between what you can get in Japan and what you can get elsewhere. You know, what I mean? and usually, like when I see these fucking shirts at shows, I don't know. They leave me scratching my head a little bit. Not not the best of quality, but um, you know that, that might just be a uh, you know they're probably using what pro wrestling tees at that point, right? Mm, you know, whatever they're uh, they're not the same. They're just not the same. They don't have the little tag. 
They don't have uh, the quality and the, and the craftsmanship that I desire. I can't say that, Tim. No? We're trying to sell this shit to the listeners. That's garbage. You've got to pretend that, that it's good. That's sure. That's why we keep hard. Uh, you know, we need you to, to buy more because you probably need it. Because if, if you wore it more than twice, it's probably <laughs> disintegrated at this point. But here's the thing, though. Like, I would say this about everything in the sense of, like, I, I, I think I still have shirts from, like, like the early 90s, like band t-shirts that have held up pretty well. And then I have other shirts that are like, I bought it last week, and it looks like it's been through uh, a, a, the meat grinder, if you will. I don't know. I think, uh, I think quality has dropped all around. Back in my day, Joel, you could buy a t-shirt and have it forever. 23 skidoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I lost most of my wrestling t-shirts in the... The, uh, the China to Thailand shuffle. Mm-hmm. Don't know what happened to them, but um, one of them was a, a Marty Skull shirt. So, oh. you know, it's blessing in disguise. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Do I have a lot of pro wrestling t-shirts? Oh, I should clarify, right? It, it was a, it was, it was an illegal black market knockoff Marty oh. Skull shirt. So I bought it from uh, the sort of Chinese equivalent of what was that, Alibaba called. Uh, What's it called? I can't even remember what it's called. Anyway, it's like not the Tenmo point. or something like that, or Temp, isn't it? Oh, no, I could be wrong. Uh, I forget. Oh, no, I've completely forgotten. But um, the point is that none of that money uh, went directly to uh, Entertainment Martin. So right. you can. Uh, and, and this was before the bad thing happened. So don't, right. <laughs> don't I bet. And it's weird, though, Joel, because the t shirt did say, I support Morty Skull and everything that he's <laughs> ever done. <laughs> Isn't that what the T-shirt said? No? No, it said Marty did nothing wrong. Oh, okay. Here you go. Well, listen, you wear that at your own uh, peril, sir. Uh, you know, your opinions on your T-shirt. I wear them on my sleeve. Um, I guess besides that, what? I mean, not that you care, but uh, I, got a, I got a baseball team that's been pretty well. And I will say this. <clears throat> Doing pretty well on the – I had a good week in the sports betting world. I did have a good week in the sports betting Made a couple bucks. So I'm happy with that. Um, so what do we got? We got Royal Quest we got to talk about that you were in attendance with. Now here's your time to publicly make fun of everyone you met. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know what else we got. So you you uh, you do what you do best and uh, lead, us, lead us to salvation. Taobao. That's it. That's the name of the oh. app I was thinking of. Um I do have an important question first before we get to Royal Quest. All right. How sensitive are your nipples? Mm, that's a great question. Do you think you could achieve a full grade one climax from nipple stimulation alone? Probably. Um, and I will say this. like, <laughs> we try it? Well, if you want. Um, Should we both of us just do it? Should we just play with our nipples and see? Well, I don't know about just me playing with them because that, I mean, that's not going to. Uh, um, but, but I will say this, like, I mean, we're going we're gonna to pull back the curtain here. Um, when, like when I, you, you know, when uh, you're in the act of coitus, um, when you're. Vaguely. I have some. Vaguely. <laughs> recollections of it. I think that. Um, and maybe, um, I'm sure, listen, there are times when maybe you're not as injured. You just want to go to bed. Or you just want to fucking watch the game. You just want to whatever. 
and and vice versa, right? And where she's thinking, oh my god, I just want to fucking you know do the dishes and go to sleep. What does this guy have? It reminded me of a, a time, not with my current lovely no, wife, of course but, not. Uh, right, okay. when when I positioned the act in such a way so that I could watch uh, Arsenal versus Leeds United on the TV. <laughs> We've all done that. Turned around. So like, oh, oh, you want it this way? I was like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I'm dirty and I want to watch this game. <laughs> right. Um, but that's like I like when she does that. When she will uh, get a, a very close and physical with with the uh, nips. I'm going. I'm done. You know what I mean? It takes two seconds. Excellent. So she. Kn- I've never tried it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. She knows it. So it's kind of like her. Okay, we're done. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> so it's both kind of like, okay, this is great. This is, you know, we're wrapping up and it feels great. But then in the back of my mind, I am like, it's gotten to the point where it's like, uh, I feel like she's just doing this just to end this. And then I don't care. Right. I just, like, I just come all over. You tonight, bring it home. <laughs> right, right. Right. Take it home. Right. This is the equivalent of the referee whispering in your ear. Take it home. <laughs> we were, we're, we're five minutes over. Yep. That's the equivalent. That is the equivalent. Ah, good stuff. Well, all right, listen. Yeah, the reason I'm asking yeah. is uh, I've just shared you a link on oh. WhatsApp of okay. a, uh, a an amusing video clip. Well, you, you describe to us what you're seeing here. All right, so let me uh, first get my phone. and uh... You're listening to Damon Describes Funny Twitter Videos yeah. that Joel sends. Oh, oh yeah, somebody, uh, where did I see? Yeah, this is Eugene Nagata. Eugene Nagata has two young ladies who are... One has one, and the other has the other, and he's doing the eye roll thing that he does on his T-shirt. I think he just blew a load. Good for him. Um, and everybody's laughing at him. Ha ha! You, you ejaculated. Um, I tell you what, those two girls were fucking rubbing my nips. I'm not gonna lie, I, I would probably. I mean, that's very bold of. Eugene Agatha to agree to do that yeah. in his underpants as well. Yes, he doesn't. He doesn't. He have a significant other. Wonder how she feels uh, about I that. Don't, I don't know. I she think might uh, be, she might be into it. Well, listen, I might. She to... might not have known before. She might be watching that, thinking, Eugene, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Maybe you, you know what? Maybe, but but think of it this way. Or maybe he orchestrated the whole thing. He designed this TV program mm. as a way to let his wife know that he's into that. I think his whole wrestling career was based around that. His, his eye that we cheated. It's just a long, just a long, long gambit. Yeah, the long run. He's in the long, he's in the long story. He's in for the long haul. Um, I'll tell you what, if, if she was shocked by that, maybe she's a little disappointed by that. That's, that's where we swoop in, sweep her off her feet, let her know how pretty she is. Let her know, you know what? She's still appreciated and she's still sexy. And then we start rubbing her nipples, right? What am I saying? Okay. <laughs> what am I saying? No, let the man cook. Yeah. I like it. I like where this is going. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then, I don't know what else, but yes, um, Eugene Agata. We're danger- veering dangerously back into the erotic fan fiction. We sure are. I wonder if there's any more. I haven't really uh, explored it. I'm a little afraid. It's really kind of not my thing either. But um, I did thought it was uh, funny that we had one where, you know, at the, we had a moral to the story. You know, <laughs> it was like it was like an old fable carried down on ta- on stone tablets about us. 
uh, appreciating. No, the there's one here actually about um, Tangaloa and Chase Owens. Oh, oh no, wait, no, that's just the New Japan booking. <laughs> oh my lord! Look, what would you rather have, Chase Owens or, or David Finley? Because we're seeing a lot. Okay, of that. no, we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Right, <laughs> let's, all right, all right. let's keep our powder dry. Uh, I'm going to talk about Royal Quest Three. All right. And I was just saying to you before we were recording that mm. um, for me now the pre-show meetups are arguably the highlight of the day for me. Wow! I have as much fun at those as I do at the shows, which is f- weird for me to say because I'm an introvert and I don't like parties. I don't like social gatherings, uh, but. There's just something about these meet and greets where well, they're not meet and greets, are they? I mean, it's People just a get together, right? Yeah. 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 It's not like you're sitting at a table signing fucking eight by tens, right? Because I see what my problem is with the, the social situations and parties and stuff is trying to think, it's the small talk, trying to think of stuff to talk about. Oh, God, yeah. Because I only really like talking about wrestling and football and retro video games. And anything else apart from that, I've got no interest in. And, it, and it's extremely tiring trying to pretend to be interested in anything else apart from that, and especially being interested in other people right. and all their boring rubbish. But at these meetups, that's that's all we talk about. It's just those, it, mainly wrestling and a, a big chunk of football as well. And it's just like being with a group of people that I've, I feel like I've known for a very, very long time. Because oh. you can just, you know, sit down, have a drink, talk about the graps, talk about the footy. And it was just a, a wonderful time. So, I'd, yeah, with a lot of uh, people, a lot of Discord freaks. So who was there? Uh, Yap, uh, Michael CC, The Young Lion was there, Minty, Violent Skipping, uh, Curtis from Okada Shorts, oh, wow. Big Sipsy, of course, um, Nick, MBTLOUFC, the Oxford United guy, uh, Matty, Revo. Yeah, really good turnout. Thank you, everyone, for the ciders. And I had a blast. I Thank you so much for coming, everyone. That It was genuinely the highlight of the day for me. Loved ah, it. fantastic. Nice. Now, can I ask, how long does it take it take for you to get to copper box from your locale estimated okay so we're talking like five minute drive to the station mm-hmm. then from the station two and a half hours to london paddington okay then from london paddington about 30 minutes to stratford and then stratford is just a short walk from there about 10 10 minute walk okay. so all told about four hours Okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it would be the. And I like it. I like having the train journey. I got quite a bit of work done actually. Oh yeah. I I wrote. I managed on the the train ride from Totnes to Paddington. I did. I wrote an action plan for work. Wow. Which has been. Uh, everyone's throwing snowflakes at that right before my appraisal. So I'm just oh, getting yeah. Perfect. Showered with flowers. Everyone's saying how amazing it was. So we can another thing that Royal Quest Three. Uh, can be thankful. God damn. So, there we go. You're firing on all cylinders, brother. You're like you're firing all on all cylinders. That's a, that's a good that's a good weekend. Damn. Look at you. Look at and you. and on the Sunday restocked uh, all my Asian food, my Thai food supplies for mm. the wife. So mm. went back with in a well two enormous carry bags full of food from Beautiful. wonderful Chinatown. Nice. Which is probably my favorite spot in London, so 
What are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, it's a wrestling podcast. Uh, um, can I ask you this? What is what is the one thing? Well, let me let me take it back. What's the one thing that you can cook uh, that would be in the Thai uh, variety? Well, like, what is is, is there a, a go to thing that you can make on a on a on a whim? It's like, and you you're like, I, okay, I got this. Yeah, I got this. What's your what's your dish? Uh, Thai food's not hard to make. It really no. isn't. It's it's just about having the right ingredients. I mean, it, it sounds basic, but I can do a really good fried rice, which is a, a staple that I think you have to. It's easy to sort of get in at the ground floor, but difficult to master. Oh, and it. it's a okay. great recipe to have in your locker to sort of use up leftovers in the fridge right. and. Crowd pleaser for everyone, you know, wife, kids, everyone likes a, a good fried rice. Mm-hmm. So getting the seasonings rice, the, the seasoning right. And I suppose everyone knows this at this point, but using sort of day old rice for it. So rice that's gone a little bit stale. Yeah. Why is that? Do you think? Um, what? Is it just a, like it just, it just absorbs the moisture? Is that what it is? No, it's a, it's, it's the opposite, actually. It's, it's like it's a little bit stale. So you get better separation with the grains and they... Sort of cook a bit more evenly. You don't. It doesn't clump. Right. Um, my little trick, which other people might find disgusting, repulsive, I get the pan really, 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 really hot. Okay. And then before I start cooking the rice, I'll sprinkle just a little bit of sugar in, so I get a little bit of caramelization going. Then some sesame oil. Then throw the rice in there. Okay. And that way you get a sort of nice, sort of smoky, caramelized mm. flavor to it. Fuck. <sighs> now. Now I'm hungry. Uh, what does she make that knocks your fucking socks off? Everything. Yeah. She's an amazing cook. My favorite dish that she makes is a dish called Yam Kun Chiang, which is uh, a spicy salad made with Chinese sausage. Mm. So there's this particular kind of Chinese sausage that you get in Thailand that when you fry it, it kind of crisps up and goes all sweet. And then it's served in this sort of spicy, tangy salad and it's just that balance of the sort of kind of sweet savouriness of the Chinese sausage and the sour spiciness of the salad. It's fucking amazing. Come it's on. the best dish. Fuck me. Yeah. I'm sitting here craving fucking P.F. Chang's and you're over here. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking spicy sausages and shit. Ah, it's amazing what they can. No, no. You know what? I was going to go. I was going to do a terrible joke. I was going to do a terrible joke, Joe, but I pulled back. Pulled back because you would get the joke. You would laugh at the joke. You would know it was in a joking fashion. I don't know if everybody else would. So I said, you know what? I'm going to bail out on the joke. Bailed out. Bailed out. That's a sign of maturity. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that, sacrifice. I wish I knew what the joke was. I would have had a lovely <laughs> chuckle at that, but I'm going to be the, the bigger man here and say, no, don't tell the joke. I'm for- not going to tell the joke. I'm not good at the listeners because they would be really upset by it and disappointed. <laughs> they, would be, they would be disappointed in uh, that. Joke. It was terrible. It was very poor taste. Kind of like what they were. Never mind. All right. All right. Hey, listen. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. All right. Uh, so, what was I so I great seats were requests like mm. facing. Well, we were just in front of the hard camera. Okay. So, we had a great view. I've said before, it's a really fantastic arena to be watching wrestling because there's no bad sight lines. It's, it's like sort of a half size Osaka Joe Hall. Really good tearing, and you're really close to the action, so it keeps all the sound in. So you, even with 
three thousand people in there, which you know, not not a brilliant number, but you know, keeps the noise in, and it felt raucous at times. Mm. But um, how was it TV production wise? Because I've rewatched mm. it on New Japan Worlds. I thought Chris Chris and Gideon did a really good job on commentary. I think actually, I would like to single out Chris for praise for almost sort of seamlessly picking up the mantle of doing uh, play-by-play, right. lead play-by-play, yeah. without missing a beat. Like, he sounds like he's been doing it for decades. And I thought Gideon was, was great on colour commentary as well, really added a bit of flavour to things. So in terms of the actual commentary itself, I thought that was really good. But production... Yeah. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> no, you say it. Oh, it, it fucking blew. Um, it blew from the minute it... I turned it on to Will Ospreay. Not a, I like. I, I had to guess what, what Will Ospreay was was driving at at the end of the show. So um, because the audio was just a, just a, an abomination. Um, but um, I, you know what, I will agree with you um, with that because it's not the easiest. People think it's just like you just sit down in front of a fucking microphone and just. It's not this. This is completely different. You know, it's it's a completely different thing. Just having a conversation with you as opposed to being a professional broadcaster and broadcasting play by play. You know, is it like you got to know you, you're like you do. You got to drive the fucking boat and you got to be know when to pull and when to let go and let the color guy kind of make his jokes and, you know, you, and, and you don't want to shit all, you know, it's like, it is a little bit more of a balancing act. Whereas a, the, the, the color commentator, you know, he's there to add some spice, maybe some insight, maybe, you know, get over his character a little bit, blah, blah, blah. But you got to know when to pull back and when the, when, when the press. And um, I thought he did. Uh, uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, this was his first time driving the boat. I can't remember another time where he, was the lead guy, but I thought he did. I think he's done some shows in Cork. Japan. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, he, he didn't miss a beat. Let's put it that way. I don't remember those shows, but that's a, probably a good thing because I'll tell you what, I remember every fucking Lanny Poffo show. That's for sure. <laughs> I remember, I remember <laughs> all of those. I mean, I remember that? Oh my, what a time! And again, the poor man's passed away. We're not going to uh, bring bring that up again but uh what a what a what a wacky ride that was that was just like when we found out that was happening it was one of those moments where it's got to be bullshit like it's got to be somebody just fucking goofing yeah Yeah, it can't possibly like of all people like if you told me the fucking hunky tonk man was going to be doing it i would have believed it more uh but lo and behold there we were there we were at one time ah those were the days um, all right, let me ask you another question about uh, the venue. Like, what is it f- used for outside of? Because the only time I ever hear of it is for pro wrestling shows. It's the only time I ever hear of it. Like, I know I never hear of oh this band, the fucking I don't know, the Pesh Modes playing the Copper Box. And I've never heard that sentence uttered in my life. Um, like, is it a is it a concert venue? Is it are there sports teams that play there? Is it a university? What the fuck is the Copper Box? Uh, well, I think it was built for the London 2012 Olympics. Mm. Um, let me quickly check. Uh, the fencing section of the modern pentathlon and the Paralympic goalball and handball events. So, 
I got a gold. I got a gold medal in handball. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we. All right. So that's it. So that's all. Just so it doesn't get used at all. What does it get used for now? Uh, yeah, it's not been used since. So after the Olympics, it was just empty until uh, the Royal Quest. Are you won. kidding me? And then the reference. Yes, I don't know where it was used for. Every event ever hosted the conference. All right, I'm I not saying that, but listen. If I go to Setlist, I say Setlist FM, um, and I type in Copperbox, I wonder what bands would show up. Let's see. This would be interesting radio. Uh, it's hosted BBC Sport Relief and Invictus Games, as well as corporate events for brands including Bauer, Tony and Guy, and Fiat. I, don't, I, I think I've heard of one. Of, what, whatever. Who cares about that? Uh, let me do here. Uh, you say Copper Box, right? Okay. London Lions. They're doing some stuff there. I'm going to put in Copper Box and it says, and nothing comes up for Copper Box. All right. So do I, do I need a space? <laughs> I'm so. Just, uh, oh, here it is. This is rubbish. This is boring. Uh, this, this, rubbish. No, it's like not. It. It's really good. It's really good. All right, can I? Uh, I, I got. I got it right here. I got it right here. Come on. I'm gonna. Let's do. Let's let's play a game called Guess Who Played There. Oh, I know. All right. So here's a name I know. How about? Oh, this was 2016. I know Dizzy Rascal. He did that look. Fix up. Look shop. <laughs> right, that's long. That's great. That's a pretty good. Right? Spot on impression with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what he. Yeah. Look sharp. Look Um, but then, like, I'm looking. There's nothing else. Last thing was 2018, Joel. 2018. A band called Everything Everything. Uh-huh. All right, I'm just saying. Like, what the fuck are they using this venue for? I guess is my question. And apparently, nothing. All right, no one cares. But New Japan Pro Wrestling found this fucking venue. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, it's been used exclusively for Michael Oku propaganda. <laughs> right. Right. But again, production-wise, hmm, left a lot to be desired again. Um, but I think the show overall, as much as it pains me to say, I thought it was okay. Um, it, minus the two... You know the semi-main and the main. You know, yeah. I, it, it was it was a house show with two two really great matches tagged on the end of it. Does that it, it, in the moment did you realize that was happening, or post were you like, okay, this was probably better because I had a couple pints in me and I was with my friends and we were laughing our balls off. It, it was what I expected. I mean, I think that's about what it was last year. I mean, I suppose there was the the um, FDR Aussie Open match. But, you know, I think Osprey Zach was better than that, actually. So, yeah, I wasn't let down by anything. No, okay. Was, well, I remember going into the show thinking, um, I mean, of course, Zach and, and, and Will were going to deliver. And, of course, you know, it might be a little bit more paint by numbers, but Shingo and Ishii were going to deliver. I don't know. I thought a lot of the other stuff just kind of like, on paper, sounded better, and, and and again, maybe it was just like, okay, this is vacation time for a lot of guys. And, but there were names on there that I thought would really go out of their way to try to impress, and and I just don't know if that was the end result by the end of the show. 
but okay, yeah, we, let's get into it. Or you know, if we got other things we got to cover first, and then we'll jump into that, um, like nipple touching uh, or, no, it's, it's or dizzy good. rascal or anything else you need. Let me know. Uh, so we started off Taiji Ishimori defeating Robbie X seven minutes forty eight seconds via Bloody Cross. Just a nice little tune up match for Ishimori. Good to see him back and healthy. Uh, I thought he worked the crowd quite nicely with his shit-eating grin and his heelish shenanigans. Robbie X doing the classic sort of overly earnest, uh, not hometown, but sort of home country baby face. I don't, I don't, he was really good in the Rev Pro show, but I, I've not seen anything that makes me think, yeah, New Japan, sign him up. He, he has a nice handspring back elbow and some very funny looking uh, gear, his, his little jacket with the pointy shoulders, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be falling over myself demanding that Robbie X uh, is inserted into best of the Super Juniors. It's just fine. Nice little warm-up match. Yeah. I think this was one of those that I was I had circled to kind of just let me let's take a you know, okay, take a look, see what we got there. Um I'm sure that there was you know, maybe a little bit of uh, butterflies and a little bit of uh, uh you know a little nervousness. I think I think Everyone understood the moment for him. Um, that being said, he's in the ring with arguably the last guy I'd want to be in the ring with if it were up to, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I got to lean on, like, like this is my future here. And they put me in with this fucking sandbagger. Uh, <laughs> Just come back from a serious injury. <laughs> right, right, right. You know that conversation in the back consisted of mm, a lot of head shaking back and forth. Like, mm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Do you so, want to show Nope. <laughs> yep, nope. I ain't doing that, brother. Um, but it was fine. It, I. All that being said, I thought this was good. But once again, I, I thought that given the situation – I, I, I was maybe looking for a, a smidge, smidge, smidge more. Um, but I don't necessarily put that on Mr. X. Um, I think, uh, you know, opening match, Taiji Ishimori in 2023. Not the best look. Second match was a singles match with El Desperado defeating Trent Seven in eight minutes and eight seconds with the El Esclero. I have I've no use for Trent Seven. I don't like him. I don't don't think he's a particularly great wrestler. I'm glad that Despy won. Um, I've saw what Despy sort of looked pretty strong here, although it was a kind of um, not a fluke win, but sort of like a sneaky, yeah. sneaky win with the uh, El Esclero. I would have liked him to. Definitively beat Trent Seven, the fat bastard that he is. <laughs> um, I, you know, look, I know uh, everyone. At one time, at one time, I, I I wouldn't necessarily sit here and be like, you know, I'm walking around with a Trent Seven T-shirt on, um, like Joel would. He's probably had three of them, <laughs> knowing your history. <laughs> he looks like absolute shit, though. I know, I know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, look, that was also what seven years ago, six years ago, seven years, you know, around there. So, I mean, again, that's like dog years. Uh, he's just, he's just extremely WWE NXT yes. pilled. Yes, he spent too long sitting under the Shawn Michaels learning tree. Yep, and that is just all he is now. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay. Like, here's the thing. Like seven years ago, would I have jumped at the chance of of locking him down and kind of, you know, saying, okay, you know, there's a future for you in this company? Probably, probably would have. Um, uh, he got he just he got he got NXT'd, man. <laughs> <laughs> he got NXT'd. Uh, and, yeah, I, I look, Despy deserved better, I think. Despy deserved better. All right, third match then was Yotasuji defeating Luke Jacobs in nine minutes and one second with the Gene Blaster. Biggest takeaway from this, actually, Luke Jacobs is in tremendous shape compared to uh, in August. I mean, he's always been kind of doughy and that's part of the appeal like right? you know i don't need every single person after i just body shame trent seven <laughs> i don't need everyone to look like taiji ishimori and i think that was a kind of aesthetic that worked for luke jacobs but you can tell i don't know if someone said something to him like hey there's an opportunity for you here and he has just been absolutely hammering it at the gym and watching what he eats but he just he looks like a man transformed um suji just, he's got that star aura, man. Just his whole entrance comes out, you know, the reaction that he gets, the way he carries himself, just carries himself like a superstar. He, he believes it, he feels it. And with that conviction, that sort of oozes through to the crowds and, and they are responding to it in kind. Um, the match itself was a bit disappointing. It was, I, I, I think card placement was an issue. I mean, this was the third match. If they, they should have had this higher up. This should have been... this. Should could have been like that the seventh match or the eighth match. Looking at some of the sort of tag nonsense that we got, they should have given these guys a bit longer and let them cook because there's only so much you can do in nine minutes, really. Uh, so, uh, yeah, could have been better. Yes, uh, I'm with you on that. And I mean, here's the thing: to the point where you're talking about somebody whispering in his ear. And we're talking about Luke Jacobs here. Um, if someone whispered in his ear and said, "Okay, you know, you gotta this is a this is a little bit of a body image kind of promotion," you know, a little bit it is. Um, make no mistake. You know, the fact that he would be willing to put forth that effort, which is not always the easiest thing to do, because you know, let's be honest with you, some of these guys, you know. <laughs> You know they got lives. They're trying to make it. You know, so they 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 need a supplemental income to kind of. And I'm not saying that's him, but I'm just saying it's 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 a not the easiest thing to do um, to dedicate yourself to something that is a a might be or a what if. Um, I felt like Yoda Suji was by far. And it's and it is amazing how far it would it carries you when you believe in you, right? And that kind of kind of amplifies your point to the to the extent of like you got to believe you're you are a star, and you have because you because if you don't, how are you going to convince anyone else? And I'm not talking about. Curtain opens and I'm I'm going to play pro wrestler. Mm-mm. No, because people can see through that. 
Like that is incredibly transparent. And in fact, I think there's a lot of people who kind of shit on that when they see it. Like I think more than anything, especially when it comes to pro wrestling, and I think maybe music might be the only other thing that maybe not the only other thing, but, but those are the two things I think of is people want authenticity. People want, and again, that doesn't mean I'm coming out and now all of a sudden I'm fucking Akira Maeda. You know, it's, that's not what we're saying. We're saying like, you have to believe in you. Like you have to be able to be confident in, in you because that I think above just about anything else, when we talk about a pro wrestler um, and those that have it and those that don't have it. It's 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 something as simple as that of you believing you. Um, my point being is that I can go through this lineup, and th- there weren't a lot of times where I'm thinking that. Like I'm thinking that about Yodosuji. I don't know. If at the end of the day, I'm thinking about many other people, and I'm talking about names that I just don't know if I felt it. Now, that might have been just, hey, we're in London. We just had, you know, last night was a crazy night. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever the case. But there were times where it's just like, okay, I just don't necessarily know if I feel that authenticness that I would normally feel with a lot of guys and even with people that I wasn't as familiar with. Um, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like a lot of people have that. Um, and again, just to be clear, there's a lot of difference between self-confidence and really believing in you and your character and making it authentic. And I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, William says, if New Japan signed Luke Jacobs, which faction would fit him? I think I said before, my fancy booking for him would be, he can be uh, Zach's latest recruit to TMDK, um, team him up with Badu Tito for World Tag League. Um, but yeah, not sure if it's going to happen, but uh, would love to see it. Uh, fourth match then was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship with the champions Driller Maloney and Clark Connors successfully defending against Leon Slater and Cameron Kai. 12 minutes and two seconds. Uh so Clark pinned Cameron Kai following the full clip. So Drill Maloney and Clark Connors successfully retained their championships. Um, I really enjoyed this. This was one of my favorite matches of the night. I thought it was actually, uh, you know, I've heaped praise on Driller Maloney in the past, but I thought this is a really good show from Clark. And I think it's important to keep in mind that the UK guys, the likes of Driller and Gay Kid, they've got way more experience than their, LA Dojo tag team partners. So whilst they've not been in New Japan as long as the LA Dojo guys, they've been wrestling for a lot longer. So, uh, you know, I don't want to frame this to be like, wow, Driller Maloney is absolutely lapping Clark Connors. Clark Connors is is a complete bust. You know, you'd expect that because Driller Maloney has been doing this for much longer than Clark Connors has. But I thought Clark was really good here. I thought he worked the crowd well. I thought the, the sort of building up the heat for the hot tag was done really well. Um, I just thought the way that they laid out the match was really fantastic. And the fact that they're so good at that already is a, a really encouraging sign. 
Leon Slater's still quite raw, but he's got that crowd connection. He kind of reminds me a bit of a young Jeff Hardy. Uh, and I'm enjoying how they're sort of blending together the RevPro storylines here because Driller and Slater have got an ongoing feud. So this is playing into that. Uh, so, yeah, again, I've said before, Leon Slater should be a guy that New Japan are looking at. And I thought Cameron Kai was pretty good as well. So I think New Japan want to take a serious look at both of these guys before they get... Um, snapped up by other promotions and I thought it was a very, very good match. Yeah, me too. Um and I'm and I am with you in the sense that aside from you know the 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 semi and the main, um yeah, I definitely thought this match was again a, a bit behind uh those matches, but not by much. Not by much. And I think I hate to say it, but once again it kind of like like shows like these make me r- realize that the cream usually rises to the top. Um, and for me, having Clark Connors, having Maloney carry the belts and the possibility of interesting and fun, like to me, it's been the the best division, arguably, in the entire promotion the entire year. Right, um, it's very rare when these matches don't deliver, and I think that outside of New Japan, there's a lot more flexibility when it comes to bringing in juniors, and I think there's a lot more people that 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 the promotion can tap um, and bring in to make things even more exciting, um, and I think for me. Like having a guy, having two guys. Uh, what was it? Is his name Cameron Callie? Um, and Leon Slater. Like both those guys. Hi, Cameron Kai. Kai. My bad. Um, and they're both really young. They're both still teenagers, I think. Oh wow, really? Okay, yeah, I knew they were young. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean that young. Um, I thought they did. I thought they did fantastic, given given the spotlight. You know, I'm again. Am I am I signing them immediately? To to uh, junior tag league or if I or or just you know any type of junior participation, I mean maybe maybe, but uh, truth be told, for for me as a guy who you know this is this is my first exposure to those two specifically. I, I mean I thought they kept up rather well, um, and again I I can't. To me, I this the Bullet Club, Bullet Club to me is is Clark Connors, Driller Maloney, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin. End of story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, end of that's what that's where it begins and ends. We're done. Yeah, I mean, they're by far and away the most, dare I say, the only interesting part of a Bullet Club at the moment. So. I just hope uh, New Japan realize that because, yeah, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about this Driller and Clark team and how good they are in such a short space of time. Just yeah. they're so fun to watch. Even even just the little things like <laughs> Driller Maloney surfing on the the title belt at the end of the match. That's just the, the sort of little touches that pop me as a fan. But, uh, okay, so moving on then to the fifth match, which was... The Gorillas of Destiny team, El Fantasmo, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, defeating the Bullet Club team, Alex Coglin, David Finley, and Gabe Kidd. So Tangaloa, 
<laughs> Angelo pins David Finlay after 10 minutes, 41 seconds with ape shit. So uh, Cactus Mike says, is it likely David Finney is leaving? Seems very weird for the Bullet Club leader to take the pin for Tangaloa, of all people. Uh, William says, was there ever an update or is uh, Tamatonga signed to New Japan? He signed, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the word on the street, the word on the street, the speculation, and again, it's absolutely unconfirmed. This is rumor and, and conjecture that part of what one of the conditions for Tamatonga re-signing was uh, and Hikaleo's resigning actually was for Tangaloa to get some goodies out of it, yeah. get, get a little bit of a push. So, I mean, looking ahead, we've got this. I've got I've got nothing to say about this six man match, by the way. But uh, looking ahead, where we have this Tangaloa David Finlay singles match, there's just some there's exciting possibilities, such as David Finlay losing, getting booted out of Bullet Club, <laughs> booted out of New Japan, Gabe Kid becomes new Bullet Club leader. Um, more likely is uh, again whatever the opposite of fantasy booking is. What's the opposite of fantasy booking? Reality um, booking, disaster booking, <laughs> yeah. Apoc- yeah. apocalypse booking right. is um, Tangaloa to lose that. You know, maybe he's he's getting outnumbered. I don't. Basically, some sort of situation where Chase Owens gets involved and then Chase Owens is somehow redeemed. He decides to protect. Tangelo, I don't know why. I don't care. I, I'm not going to force my brain to do those gymnastics. But Tangelo has been talking about it backstage about how oh, Chase, you're better than this. You know, you used to be a real mad blah blah blah. I've just got this horrible feeling that we're going to get a Tangelo Chase Owens team in World Tag League, and I got a horrible feeling that they're going to do quite well. Um, March of 2023. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that when he became the leader of the Bullet Club? Um, yes. Yes. Was it March, April? Somewhere around there. It was springtime, wasn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like it was seven years ago? Like, it's yeah. amazing how in just a short amount of time, we have, in, in, in all due respect, from a from a calendar perspective, it's not like this guy has given you know given a lot of time to get comfortable in this role. The problem is is that it feels like it has been forever, and that is not a good thing. I, I'm <laughs> I I don't know what to do. I I don't know what to do. Um. Should we all sit on our hands, shut our mouths, be patient, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't think right now this company, 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 company can afford for people to be the wait and see. Um, You know, let's see what happens. Uh, I, I don't know if we're in that, if we have, like... I just it's like I just see rope being eat, chewed and eaten away, right? And there's only so much goodwill and well, you know, this company did book this and that. And there's only so much rope left in me uh, for this. It's and and again, I look back and it's like it's, it hasn't been a ton of time, but it does feel like 
we are shoving a fucking square peg in a round hole. And I don't have an answer as to why. I don't have an answer as to why we continuously, continuously have David Finley in these, I'm going to go flat out and say it, meaningless, meaningless programs against another guy who, look, when I talked about feeling it and being it and doing it and and having confidence in you earlier that little that little that little rant i'm looking at i'm looking at some specific people and i think you know let's put two and two together right it's uh, let me let me put it right now are you cutting your losses fraud right now watch, fraud watch fraud watch are we are we done with David Finley? I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Me too. I'm done. Now, look, I'm not saying that I think this loss means that he is on uh-huh. his way out. I mean, I can easily see events at Powerstrong happening that you know he wins and is puts himself back in position for something prominent. I just don't care anymore. Right? I've, I've I've seen enough. Yeah, he's not the guy. He's just not. Like he's just not. Um. And, and Grind, right? The New Japan are not doing him any favors. It would be nice if they could let him feud with someone who is not part of Gorillas of Destiny. Thousand percent. Like that might be a start. Yep. Uh, and maybe you know, make your Bullet Club leader not eat pinfalls to the guy who's still getting booked in the company as a favor to two guys that most Western fans didn't want you to resign. Mm. Um, that might be a, a, another good step. Uh, so yeah, I don't exactly. It's not as if they are giving him you know, A-grade material to be working with here. But, um, you know, it's a combination of him not convincing and the booking not really being convincing. I just think, well, what is this? Well, right. But, but I mean, I- I'm with you a thousand percent. But I get, then I, then, okay, so the guy who's giving him these storylines is the guy that's in his corner in, you know, in front of the curtain, right? If anybody's going to have a vested interest in David Finley, wouldn't it be Ghetto, right? Just because of the like the fact of who he is and what his role is, you know, on you know in well, the ring. Not the Booker David, he's just a messenger. So, uh, all right. Well, listen, <laughs> I will I will pay for Kikuchi's apartment. <laughs> well, here's what we need: we just need a civilian, like a little comic book nerd. To, uh, we just got to find another one. I'm sure there's a million of them. Uh, you know, I'm sure walk around uh, Shibuya or uh, Akihabara or wherever. You'll find one. You'll find one. We need one. We need one immediately. Because um, what's this, what's an even more, not frightening thought, uh, concerning thought would be, what like what I just said. Like, is it the fact that we're out of ideas for this guy? Is it the fact that he's booked again in these programs, and again, not he's not really gotten an an A plus program yet? And again, March, April, we talk. I just love it. We've tried everything. We've tried, we've tried everything. everything. We've had him feuded with Tamatonga. We've had him feuded with Tangaloa. Yeah. We've had him feuded with Tamatonga again. <laughs> right. We've done this. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out of ideas. Yeah, it does seem like it's they were really not trying. But again, it doesn't but okay, so so help me understand then, because 
like I said, the guy who is in ring, you would think, okay, if I'm going to have any vested interest in anyone, it's going to be David Finley because, A, it's, it, it's quite obvious that my stamp of approval is on all of this, and it's getting over like a fart in church. So, like, what what are we doing? Like, 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 you know, are we, are we, is he intentionally sabotaging? Like, is he like, what's happening? Like, what would be the reason? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but again, you have two schools of thought. One, he's just not that good. And, or B, and or B, it's lack of creativity on top. And, and I know I've said to you publicly, and I've kind of hinted at these things on this podcast. I I I I don't have all the confidence that I used to have in not only the booking committee and the the booking in general. The uh, I think I think the problem goes even higher than that. I really do. Um, because all I think about with this regime is every fucking misstep and every could have beens and every bonehead thing and everything that left your head scratching. Like there has been a, a ton of it. And I don't know if, I don't know if we need a change when it comes to to who's booking these shows and or who's running the show. Because I have, right now, all I have are serious questions and doubts. I'm I'm being dead honest. Yeah. And, you know, we have anecdotal evidence of loyal, dare I say, hardcore fans who have poured countless hours and yen into following this product who and I was sort of washing their hands of it being like uh, you know right maybe I'll pop back at Wrestle Kingdom pop back next year's G1 yeah you know this is the I don't know man like there's they have the roster they do. and the talent to be doing some really exciting things yeah but they're not but- like this period this sort of post G1 period or even during the G1 has been, and I know typically after the G1, there's always a bit of a lull, but this seems particularly insipid booking, even for this traditionally dry period. Yeah, it really does feel that way. And here's the thing too, though. Like, what, what are you excited about for Wrestle Kingdom? Joe, I don't mean to be a wet blanket. Like, that's the last thing I really want to be. Because every week for two hours... I talk about this this product with you. And we have thousands upon thousands of people who download this nonsense and listen on their commutes, on their job sites, in, in, on their lunch breaks, whatever. And I appreciate each and every one of them. I really do. That being said, we are in a heap of trouble because the one thing that you said that people could hang their hat on is this roster this roster the talent is there but guess what happens after dash 
changes, right? That everyone has is, is bracing for impact as well, I feel you should. So that's a, that's a scary thought because it feels like we're booking to, to not to, look traditionally new Japan pro wrestling has a pattern when it comes to developing their young lions into stars. And a lot of times that is a very slow burn. That's, that's what we're waiting for. Joel, we're waiting for these guys to be elevated to a certain point. Now, the counter argument to that is it's pro wrestling. Like, I don't have to wait for you to develop a fastball. I don't need to wait for you to be able to fucking bend it like Beckham. I don't know. I'm trying to give you a football analogy. That's the only one I got. Um, you know, there is no development that necessarily, I mean, there is, but like, it's pro wrestling. We could do whatever the fuck we want, right? And we could do it as quickly as we want. But yet, we're still going to fucking use these very familiar booking patterns in a time when we can't afford to fucking do that. I am. There's not much I'm looking forward to, Joe, when it comes to wrestling. It's October. Like, by October. We should have something to sink our teeth into to be looking at rest January fourth and thinking, yeah, can't wait yeah. for that. It's October eighteenth, by the way. It's not like you know the clock that, that we just ripped off September off the calendar. It's the eighteenth. We're in the middle of the fucking month. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that <sighs> like I can't even come up with a dream scenario where I'm like, okay, if they did this in a month and then like, who would they even bring in? That's the, like, that's what angers me is that 99% of the, okay, I'm looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom is based around who are they going to bring in when they have fucking talent there already. That's it. Like, it's just way too conservative for my liking with guys like Shota. And I know Suji has had a. a f- pretty exciting debut you know that that dominion match but since then not really followed up with the 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 speed at which i would like and uo emra debuted as part of just five guys you know we've got to do something we cannot wait you know two three four years to slowly elevate these guys to the top like we normally would because this it feels like it's circling the drain. We need to get guys like Shota and Suji Narita. and Yuya and Gabe Kids and even the fucking young lines, even someone like Oleg Bolton. You know, let's do something. We've got, we got to move fast. We've got to move quickly. Yes. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network yes even 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 guys like you know i mean you know i always worry about anyone who isn't homegrown talent because there's always in the back of my mind is, okay, so I don't want to invest anything in because they're probably going to walk when they get good. You know, by the time they get good, they're going to, you know, somebody's going to pull up the fucking Brinks truck. Um, but there's so many options and it's like we're just spinning our wheels waiting for something to happen. And uh, Joel, I'm telling you flat out, I don't give a single fuck about Naito and Sonata on top. I just I don't I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. It it, it and I understand there's a backstory and I am like I don't care about the backstory. I don't give a fuck about the backstory. Don't tell me about the backstory. I don't give a fuck about the backstory. Look, for for Wrestle Kingdom main event, I have to believe that it will be a match of the year candidate. It won't be. I've seen yeah, I've seen them wrestle each other before. I've seen singles matches before. I don't believe it will be. It so there's just there's just nothing for me as a fan to connect with her I, and get excited about. I got nothing. I, I'm telling you, I have flat out nothing. Like no emotional connection. Like you as one of the biggest Naito fans that I know, for you to sit there and be like, I, you know, that's. That's got to that's got to ring some alarm somewhere somewhere, right? Like I sat next to you at that fucking dome and watched you lose your mind 
at the last five minutes of Naito winning that title. And not for nothing, the absolute fucking firestorm of Kenta coming in and beating the, you know, he didn't get the chance to do his, his, uh, you know, his, his fucking post-match shit with the title. Like, like that moment, (laughs) it was like the last, whoo, like that was it. That's, that's, that was it. And yes, we've had really good matches. We've had great matches in, in the dome. But I don't think that we've had a significant match that moved the needle for New Japan Pro Wrestling fans. We've had dream matches, and we've had, but I don't like, like, I don't know. Even the dream matches don't feel as important as you would think they should. Um, look to answer your question. And again, I don't I don't mean this to be a depressing come to Jesus moment for New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, but I, I think you can't deny what's happening. And if you're excited for it, man, God bless you. You know what I mean? Like th- good for you. You can that you got some you're getting something out of this. Cool. Go go take it all in. But as a person who's been following this product since you know, re- religiously since, you know, 80s, late 80s, when I started really getting tapes on a consistent basis. Um, I, I've, I've, I'm trying to think back. Like, there were times when, when New Japan was dog shit. But there was always, I, I don't know, like, it just felt different like it never felt as dry that's what it is it's the dryness and it's the it's the you know look we got a, we got a great we got a lot of great prospects i only have so many days on earth <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm kind of old let's be very honest and I don't know if I have the physical, mental, all of it to be able to sit through two years of waiting for guys to develop. It's fucking pro wrestling. Let's stop with the idea that, oh, these guys really need to learn how to hit a suplex and they need, you know, it's, it's stop it. This is crazy. This is crazy talk. Just. Let's just get a fucking move on. Now, I know there are people that are waiting for Wrestle Kingdom and they're like, okay, just wait till Wrestle Kingdom. You know, everything will be okay after Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. I, and I'm willing to do that. But boy, I'm, it's been a slog. I'm not going to lie. It's been a slog. Sixth match, uh, Rendar is out of show to Ubudu. Teaming up to defeat Francesco Acura and Gray Khan. So Shota pinned Acura after 10 minutes, 25 seconds with Death Rider. Is there any juice in this Ren Shota thing? I mean, we talked last week about them possibly, probably teaming up for World Tag League. But, I mean, obviously the story goes beyond that. You know, this is a rivalry between them. We'd expect a singles match at some point. What do you think is a, or can you think of a, an exciting 
end point for this Ren Shota situation. Yeah, I mean, eventually, I, I'm I'm guessing that we're look this this to me this is blueprint, and and again, it, it, it's working to various levels, but this is what they're attempting anyway. Uh, a all Japan. You know, when their young guys were coming through and trying to make a n- name for for themselves and uh, entering their their tag league, um, which consistently was awesome. Um, you know, when you had Misawa and you had Kawada and you had Kenta Kabashi and you had you, you know you had all these people that were ready to break through. And I'm not saying all these guys are in the same class, league, what have you. Please understand that, but. You know, you had Misawa and 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 Kawada for uh, a a little bit of time at least. You know, having some type of partnership and at least some type of working agreement that then branched off into, you know, both guys chasing the the same title. And you know, now you throw in a fucking Stan Hansen, and now you throw in a, a Steve Williams and a Terry Gordy, and uh, you know, th- now now you got some 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 really interesting shit going down. Um, and I feel like that's what we're doing here. This is just another step in that. And now we're in the, we're tagging together because we have mutual respect for each other, but eventually down the road at a wrestle kingdom three years from now, it's, it, it, it we're going to be main eventing against each other. Um, like that, those are the vibes I get from that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is sort of going to pay off at wrestle kingdom. I mean, that, a highly speculated endpoint that maybe we get the Shota versus Ren singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, but um, they're they're cooking. I'm going to let them cook. Um, seventh match was Tetsuya Naito and Bushi defeating Sanada and Doki in nine minutes twenty nine seconds. Naito pinned Doki following the Destino. Just case in point, right? I'm not going to relitigate this because we've talked about it a lot, but Sanada got misted at the end of this match, and he reacted to that with the same energy and venom of a guy who's just had his leg splashed by a car that's driven through a small puddle, <laughs> just sort of looking a little bit irritated, yeah. shaking his head in mild disapproval. Yeah. Uh, the, the highlight of this entire match was Naito exiting the ramp and trying not to touch any of the fans, like when he went all sideways and was like crouching to, so none of them could touch him. That was the best part of this. <sighs> this is, this is, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, this match was the reason fast forward buttons were invented. It feels like, like it just didn't do anything, and it was just total. We're we're in London, and we're we're in London mode right now. We're we're far- big, big house show energy. Oh, t shirt Naito. My goodness, look. If you like them, great. Sonata stinks. Jesus Christ, I just. I'm, I'm done with I'm done with Sonata. I'm done. So carry yourself like a fucking world champion, man. It's just you know people stealing his belt, people missed him in the face, and just, just, just nothing, nothing, no reaction. Well, I I don't. <sighs> he can't do it. He can't. He can't. Like he's had his moments where he's able to bring the energy and the ferocity to something yeah. above like third gear, but. It's just no. He's not got that levels to him. Yeah, that kind of stoic, uh, reserved thing. 
if people get excited over that, then okay. And I know people are going to say, "Well, the, the you know, he's really he's he's massive with the Japanese audience." And is he? Okay. All right. Because here's the thing: transitional toilet, Damon. Transitional toilet. Transitional toilet. And uh, look, we here's the problem. We we gave him a new coat of paint, as as we all love to say. We gave him a new coat of paint, paint, but without the realization that underneath that layer of paint is the same fucking cruddy wall that we've had for many years. It's it's like why would we think we were going to have anything different? Because there's there's no evidence to the to that um well no given the fresh po- coat of paint given the cup of coffee with the world title then pop him back in the mid card where he belongs yeah why are we dragging this out to a fucking tokyo dome main event that's that's where it's gone wrong for me yeah it's amazing suji should have beaten him uh should have beaten him is there all right go through the roster just quickly in your head is there anyone that you would not give the title to over sonata <laughs> come on would you give so that is good. He's he's a very good wrestler, and he's uh-huh. a, a strong upper mid carder in the company. Okay. Would you rather have? I, I would not stop me. <laughs> stop me when when I get out of control. Just stop me when I get out of control. Don't just say be, Michael Elgin this time. Just, just say Damon. You're out of your fucking skull. No, and I'm just going to rattle off names. You tell me when to stop. Shingo, Ishi, Zach. Stop. No, he's he, above Ishi for sure. Really. We cannot have Ishii anywhere near that world title. No, you wouldn't rather have Sonata over Ishii, even if it's just a cup of coffee with the title. I'm not saying he's going to be a fucking you know he's breaking Okada's record. No, no, no. no, no. no. I, I, I've got to draw the line that you oh. can't. He, Ishii can, he must not have that cup of coffee. Okay, it is it is integral, and I'm saying this as someone who really likes Ishii it is integral to the whole. Existed the whole identity of Tomohiro Ishii that he does not get that cup of coffee. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, all right. Then I mean, uh, well, I mean, we could stop there. But I would, I would absolutely give it to Ishii for a cup of coffee because I have more confidence in him as a champion and and producing shit that I would absolutely enjoy watching as opposed to Sonata. No, no fucking doubt in my mind, I would. I would do it tomorrow. I would do it now. Somebody, if somebody said, "Damon, here you got the book. You got to pick between Sonata and and I, I absolutely, I'm doing it tomorrow." There's so many, uh, uh, whatever. You know what? We're beating a dead horse. We got a main event. <laughs> we have. We it's October 18th. That's good stuff on this show. How <laughs> many fucking weeks are we going to say the same thing? You know what I mean? Like it's it's just going to be dreadful. It's going to be fucking dreadful. Run us. Off so many listeners, no. Yeah. But here's the thing. As many people as uh, I can't stand this. I'm going to jump off a bridge. I can't listen to this anymore. Uh, there are plenty of people that are like, you know what? You got a fucking point. <laughs> they got a fucking point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Eighth match then was a six-man tag match with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Eddie Kingston, Michael Oku defeating Hanare, Jeff Gobb, and TJP. So Oku pinned TJP after 10 minutes, 39 seconds. 
with a three-quarter Nelson. Uh, Matthew says, at a New Japan show, Tanahashi came out to Michael Oku's music while the crowd chanted for Eddie. What does that say about the status of New Japan's <laughs> partnership with RevPro and the state of the fandom? And yeah, I mean, the, yeah. Eddie Kingston got the loudest reactions out of anyone on this whole show, right. which just proves how AEW has just gobbled up the Western market. But I mean, that put that to one side. It was a fucking weird choice to make Oku the focus of this match, given that A, he's not very good, and B, he's not a New Japan Pro Wrestling guy. There is a Hanare versus Eddie Kingston uh, strong title match at Fighting Spirit Unleashed in 10 days, yeah. Damon. Yeah. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe showcase that instead of letting British Cheeseburger get the spotlight to absolutely no gain for New Japan. Like, why? How did this match not end with Hanare uh, and Eddie Kingston pull apart? brawl with them trying to tear each other's fucking throats out you, i mean look you 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 questioned exactly what i have you know it's it's i i don't i don't have an answer i don't i don't have an answer i really don't um uh, but uh, the, the only thing i can think of is eddie kingston had This is a guy. Right, let's let's just pause for a second. Eddie Kingston is a guy who, two years ago, maybe a little bit longer, was indie pro wrestling through and through. He was he cuts a promo on Cody Rhodes. Right, Cody Rhodes brings him in, and he made an absolute most of his situation. No, no doubt. Talk about a guy who made the most of a situation, right? Does it help that he is able to be on TV and once again, here it is, be authentic to his character? That's his appeal. He's not a great wrestler. He's not a, uh, you know, a body guy. He looks like shit. Let's be honest. He looks like a hunk of shit. But he's authentic, and and he's real. What? I mean, he's an authentic hunk of shit. I love it. He, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. wrong. He. I mean, go down that entire show. There's really no one else that looked as like physically. Again, we're just lining guys up and being and body shaming. He's on the top of the fucking list, right? He comes with his fucking terrible gear and his. Beer belly hanging out and is, you know, all of it. His balding, everything. His fucked up teeth, everything. Yet, he's authentic. And that means more. Like, he can have all those disadvantages that pro wrestling pundits uh, will throw out there. And yet, the reason why he is successful is because he is authentic. To his character. That, that means everything. Now, add to that, of all those guys in that match, from Eddie Kingston to TJP to Jeff Cobb to Michael Oku, Eddie Kingston is on TV every fucking week. Sorry, that's a, a big driver. In people getting excited because guess what, Joel? 
that's the guy I saw on TV. And New Japan doesn't necessarily yeah. have that. Fine, but can we sort of transfer some of that excitement towards our strong open weight title match coming up in a week and a half, rather than having, hey, everyone, look, it's Michael Oku. I mean, look at the placement of the sh- on the show. Do you think that there's any, you know, it's it was right, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I'm remembering this correctly, this was right behind the semi and main event, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, some, put the position. I get it. I mean, they're doing, yeah. doing RevPro solid. Yes, fine. That's put, exactly what it was. Plenty of RevPro guys on the show. At the end of the day, this is a New Japan show with New Japan fans there and they want, presumably want New Japan fans to keep watching New Japan. Mm-hmm. And there are probably some new, they were, for a fact, some of them were sitting next to me, new fans of the product or lapsed fans of the product who'd sort of not watched it before or tuned out for a few years. This would have been the perfect chance. Why am I having to explain this? Yeah. Try to make people excited about the upcoming <laughs> programs you have in your product. Right, that's your job, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing when you think about it and it's not just us. It's us. It's keeping it strong style. It's Okada shorts. It's everyone who has a YouTube channel and a fucking blog and a fucking everything, right? Twitter, everybody. You know, fucking there's the people who just retweet shit and 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 gifts and fucking screenshot. You know, everybody. Everybody's got their little. Everybody's got their little pocket. In New Japan Pro Wrestling fandom. And we're telling, we do more for this company than they could ever possibly do. They we do more for the, the company trying to get over storylines and you know, kind of leading like it's just it's it's a no-brainer. I, I don't yeah. Why? Because they pay for the fucking ring and and <laughs> I, I give up. I, I give up. I give up. I give up. I give up. Shingo Takagi, Tomohiro yes. Ishii <laughs> was a banger. It was a fucking banger, and it was exactly what we expected. Um, was it the greatest match of all time? Now, but uh, look, it was ridiculously great, and I think it stood out like a sore thumb on a show that desperately needed some juice. And I think everybody there appreciated what they were seeing and what they were watching. And once again, I know that is preposterous to even bring it up, but I would take fucking Ishii over Sonata any day of the week. Because guess what, Joel? Tomohiro Ishii, crowd response, and the fans being with him in this match, and with every clothesline and every grunt and every headbutt and every suplex and everything, they were into him a thousand times more than Sonata. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, and this was the crowd pleaser match, you know, to to steal a, uh, a British comedy reference that uh, Minty dropped in the Discord that put me... Uh, Lots of people love the match. The lariats, the headbutts, the no sells. Brilliant. <laughs> the lariats, the headbutts, the no sells. Brilliant. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to these kinds of matches, but I think this 
is the best match they've had since the first one. And large part of that is probably the live bump, watching it with people who've not seen it before and sort of enjoying it through their enjoyment of, you know, this uh, new experience for them. Even so, like, there was one pumping bomber that sounded like a baseball bat hitting a side of beef. And they they went all out, man. Like, Ishii, he is quietly having pretty fucking good year. Yes. It's not just the single stuff, the tag stuff as well, the never openweight six-man stuff. I know his matches can be very similar, but you you can't fault the effort. You never see him phone it in. Yeah, I thought this was really, really good. It, it I was expecting to hand wave and be like, oh yeah, it was the same as all the others, but they they went the extra mile to make it feel special. Yeah. Uh, and look, it's it's I I would be very curious to sit in the back seat of the car uh, of the people that you were near, first time experiencing the product. And who they talked about on that car ride home. And I guarantee you, it wasn't Sonata. It was probably Ishii and or Shingo. Right? Um, and I can't believe that I would be that insane to even suggest the fact that uh, a near 50-year-old guy at this point, right? Tomohiro Ishii is near 50. Right? Am I out of my mind on that one? Like he's in his mid to late forties. Uh to to give him a the title. <laughs> because guess what? There's not one Don't give him the title, David. Look, there's not one person, there's not one person that walked out of that arena saying, oh, I'm fucking pumped up for Sonata and Naito, man, at the dome. <laughs> not one person. But yet in on the in the semi main event. I'm sure more people were coming home being like, oh, my God, this fucking match was tremendous. I got to go download a fucking compilation of Tomohiro Ishii. All right. Uh, main event then was the IWGP US UK Championship with the champion Will Ospreay successfully defending against the challenger Zack Sabre Jr. 31 minutes, 19 seconds by Stormbreaker. Uh, and again, like similar to the previous match, I think this was my second favorite match of theirs, I think just behind the one in the New Japan Cup uh, a couple of years ago, right. which still like one of the best matches I've ever seen. But even though this wasn't the best Zach versus Osprey match, I think this was Zach's best individual performance in the series. And this, for me, this match was all about him. Like he he took some monster bumps, eating a flying hidden blade to the face. And the, the highlights of the match for me were Zach's counters. Zach's control periods, Zach's comebacks. And Zach and look, Osprey did an, 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 excellent, <laughs> an excellent job setting up those spots and, and selling for them. He made Zach look really strong here. And, and there's a strong argument for these guys being each other's best opponents. And, you know, real treat to see it live. Like a real celebration of British wrestling. Quite probably a goodbye to Osprey, you know, for that venue. I mean, he said it might be the last time that he wrestles Zach. Maybe that means that Zach is staying. I don't know. But I did come away from this thinking Zach Sabre Jr. is a fucking great pro wrestler. Yeah. Not good pro wrestler, great pro wrestler. Look, if 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 Will Ospreay wasn't having the year that he was ha- is having, um, for me, Zach is real close to to one of those big boy prizes at the end of the year. Um, he's had an outstanding year. 
go back and watch all these fucking unbelievable matches. Once again, just very similar to that of Will, maybe not as extreme, but a nice variety of opponents, big spots. Yeah, yeah, he is he is a, a real deal. And once again, he is authentic. He feels like the real deal. He feels like the fucking guy that if you put on suede in the fucking pub, you're going to get a look from Zack Sabre Jr. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're going to get a look. Uh, like he – and 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 here's the thing too. Even Will, there is a authentic feel to him of he's a guy that's going to give you not only – a great match. He's going to. This is what I love about Will Osprey and Zach, but I'm going to focus on Will here. Will Osprey is is the guy that is not only going to give you a great match. He's going to give you the best match he physically can for everyone in that audience and everyone watching at home. He's going to give you the best match that he has in his body. I can't ask for anything more. I can't. And when you have that amount of talent and that amount of skill, uh, it's somewhat easy to take a night off because how could you keep up that pace? How could you keep up those demands? How can you expect it night after night after night again against a wide variety of opponents on just you know one side of the globe to the other? It's... It's the closest thing that we have to a scenario like Ric Flair in the 80s where he would wrestle 60 minutes against fucking Barry Windham in Florida and then take a flight and go to Puerto Rico and do the same thing with Carlos Colon and then take a flight and do the same thing with uh, Bruiser Brody in St. Louis and then take a flight and do the same thing against... Dusty Rhodes in Atlanta, you know what I mean? Like it's it's that kind of thing that we're living right now in in modern day pro wrestling. Um, this is this, but this understand that it's going to be a while. It's going to be a, a, a long time, and, and and dare I say, we might not ever see something like this again with, with what we have with Will Ospreay. This might be the last of just the way pro wrestling has been mapped out and laid out and the lay of the land of what we have in 2023. It might be one of those scenarios where this is the this is the, this is the last that we're that we're going to see this, um, for for a while unless things rapidly change. Um, I mean, listen, you can get, make an argument with Kenny in the sense of okay, he does go to Mexico and he does do his AEW shit and he does do, uh, but but it's not like Will where Will is everywhere, everywhere. Will is on AEW shows. And, you know, drawing houses and then going to England for RevPro and then going. Is he, is he drawing houses, though? I mean, I, I, I mean, 
who he he's on top of all these shows, right? I mean, all these Forbidden Door shows, and and even the last Tokyo Dome show, let's be honest, was on the back of him, right? Yeah, I'm just looking at like this Royal Quest number, the like Okada Osprey headline G1 show. I just I don't like, obviously he is. Well, I I believe he is the best wrestler in the world, and has been for several years. But I don't know if he's a proven draw. I don't know. I could just be talking absolute nonsense here. But I think that that that's a conversation maybe for another day. All right, all right. We got we we've got three months until Wrestle Kingdom. We got plenty of time <laughs> to, to stall. Bring that up. But by I, the way, I did ask. Uh, sorry, I, I asked my friend Sam who had never seen. New Japan before you came along to the show and I asked like who made the biggest impression on him so he says <laughs> guess he's the first person he says, he says Sonata I'm, I'm hitting I'm hitting stop and I'm I'm, we're, I'm uploading the show and I'm <laughs> and I'm never using this microphone again okay he says Ishii boom for his posture and wrestling style great Okan for the theatrics okay Shota and Naito for whipping up the crowd and doing some great stuff. And also Osprey and Sabre Jr. for putting on a brilliant main battle. There you go. Also, special mention to the referee. And uh, he enjoyed Leon Slater a lot, too. Okay. Uh, look, that, that's and that's someone, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, completely new to the product, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. Not a wrestling fan at all. How the fuck did they get in the building? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was a lot of space, Damon. Well, it was it yeah. Will Osprey. Yeah, well, he's not a draw. Uh, hey, uh, was it Ed- editor Dan wasn't there? Was he? No, no, he couldn't make what it. What the fuck? Had a poop. Sad. What's going on? Yeah, it's a massive poop. Oh god, it's terrible news. All right, yeah. everything all right? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Oh boy. Oh no. All right. That- I don't know. Look, he he said he said it was nothing to worry about. Okay. He, just, he said it again. I, I don't, I'm not going to discuss this on. No, 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 no. I think no, he's no. fine. Yeah. Oh, all right. Do I got to? Uh, all right. Do so, I have to send him a text? I think we should. Yeah, we oh. should send him a text just to sort of check okay. in. Okay. Wow. If, okay. See if he's all right. All right. All right. All right. I think it was just a. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna be, it's, it's, it's just, not yet. He's fine. Okay. He's fine. All right. All right. All right. <sighs> Uh, right, so afterwards, um, Shota Umino came out for the challenge and sang the Shut Your Fucking Face Uncle Fucker song, which I've not heard that. So, God, that was... I remember that's that was the South Park movie where I watched that after my bar mitzvah. <laughs> so it's like 20 years ago. So Shota Umino dropping a 20-year-old pop culture reference there, which is uh, certainly something. Okay. Uh, and also back Gabe Kid attacked Will Ospreay, choked him out, beat the piss out of him, which was really good. Yeah. Um, so, Multiverse Aces, does Shota take the title from Will at Power Struggle, or are we getting Osprey Mox 2 at Wrestle Kingdom? And if it's the latter, who wins? Also, for Sports Damon, one, go Phillies, and two, with NHL season starting, is this the year the least win the cup? No, Ooh. you're not allowed to answer that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to deal with the wrestling stuff. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we have Shota versus Osprey set up, and I'd hope that was going to be for Tokyo Dome, but it's not. It's for Power Struggle. And I suppose the, the chalk pick is Osprey... Retaining, and then I mean, I guess we could do Osprey versus Mox at Wrestle Kingdom, and oh. I understand for Wrestle Kingdom you want to have like you know, the casual Western draw. I just don't want any more 
Tony Khan offer matches, right. please. I, w- I want to see if this is Osprey's last Wrestle Kingdom. I want to see him putting over one of those young New Japan guys, whether it's Shota or Ren or Suji or Lemra or even Gabe Kidd. Yes. Put over someone who's a, a full time contracted New Japan Pro Wrestling employee, please. That is what I want. I don't think it's too much to ask. Uh, and also, I don't really think Shota should be losing four matches in a row to Osprey. I really think Shota should be winning this one. Yeah, I mean... And then, what we can do, we can then have John Moxley, post-match, congratulating Shota, and then attacking him. Why? Who cares? Show him some tough love. And then, do Shota versus Mox at Wrestle Kingdom, and Shota wins. Okay, yes. To me, that makes a thousand percent more sense. Put the fucking rocket pack on someone. Like, Shota's, he's ready, man. He's ready. He doesn't... He doesn't need any more time. He doesn't need more nothing. He's great. He's good to go. Do something with him. The idea that you're going to fly in John Moxley, who I, I'll be very honest with you, I I don't care one bit. Right? Um. Okay, we're going to bring him. We're going to bring him in, and we're going to have him go over on Will Osprey. Right? With the idea of Will Osprey's leaving. So okay, great. Like, does that make any sense whatsoever? Help, help help me understand that one, where the scenario that you laid out in literally a minute, less than a minute, right? About 45 seconds. That makes perfect sense. There's a story already built. Nobody, you're only elevating New Japan guys. What are we doing? But the problem is this. This is the problem. Tony Khan is not going to allow... John Moxley to lie down in the Tokyo Dome to anybody. Anybody. It's not going to happen. So here we are. How can this be? How can it? Do you mean to tell me that the only value that Will Osprey has to this company at this point in time is the possibility of him losing to a guy who is not even a contracted New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestler to put a title on him so that he can ignore it every week on TV. Yeah, and they get injured, and then it has to be shuffled off to someone else. Right. And it's ignored for six months. What the fuck are we doing? I'm not saying this is it carved in stone, but it does look like that's where we're heading, Joel. And I'm telling you flat out, I if, if, if that's the route we're going, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to step aside. <laughs> I feel like there's other things in my life that would be incredibly better use of my time than to sit and to want some sanity with this fucking promotion right now. Fuck me. Uh, Andrew says, with Obari saying he doesn't know when there'll be another Royal Quest and the attendance perverts talking about a disappointing Royal Quest 3 number, are uh, New Japan... 
um, fans setting their expectations too high for what New Japan can do in the UK and what a good number is. 3,191 would be any US show this year, excluding Forbidden Door, and would have been a decent number on the G1 tour. Okay. So what what do you think about that number? Because I'm comparing it against the number that RevPro did, which maybe is unfair considering they had a lot of flyers there who were there for Wembley show the following day. But all the same... You know, it's half of what the original Royal Quest did, and it's nearly half of what the Revro show did. It's not something I can. I, I think New Japan should be, you know, cracking over the the champagne for personally. Um, well, one, this is a show that you know was correct me if I'm wrong, years in the making, right? Um, how many people would you guesstimate were? This is the like aside from the person that you brought. How many people do you think? And give me an estimate. You can throw a number out there. How many were 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 new fans? And how many people do you think were at every other Royal Quest show? Oh, man, that's impossible to say. I d- I I don't know. I think I would say. I don't know, about 5%, I would say, with people sort of dragged along right. for the first time. Right. Um, that's the problem. That is a that, that To me, that's a huge problem because it's the same audience. The, these people are going to – those 3,000 people are going to go, you know, because they're fans of the product and they're fans of, of seeing a lot of those guys, right? It's not, you know, it's not like we're breaking any new ground here. Uh, I'm not so concerned about the number because you're right. It, you know, New Japan, outside of Japan, pretty happy with that number. You know, running a show that doesn't have any AEW uh, ties, right? I would, I mean, uh, it's not a bad number for that. Um, but that being said, it's like, like that's that's like we talk about things being cold and flat and dry as toast. Well, yeah, I mean attendance numbers are going to be that because how exactly did we grow an audience in the UK? Like we've had plenty of opportunities, we've had plenty of chances, we've had plenty of opportunity. How have we done that? No, we have. Um, so yeah, it's the same people that are going to go to these fucking shows. It's, yeah, I mean, but okay. So now, once again, who do we look for? We look for leaders. We look for management. We look for a plan. We look for a future. That's why I opened the show with there. Ne- there absolutely needs to be a change up top. There absolutely. Let me. Everyone, repeat after me, please. We need a change at the top. We need a change at the top. It's, it's, it's glaring to me. It's absolutely fucking glaring to me. I won't even get into the point where we bend over for AEW and take it in the fucking ass every time. But hey, it's a nice house. So, you know, we got a little extra m- money. <sighs> Fuck this. <laughs> It's really down a show today. I know, you know this. It, it is what it is. We got to be honest. Yeah, 
This is how I feel. After actually, well, it was a pretty good show. I'd, I'd fun at Royal Quest, but uh, you know we have to be honest about the lay of the land. This is what it is. Can, can we move on and talk about Super Junior Tag? Sure, let's do. I am looking forward. To of that. course, that, that makes me happy. All right, so Super Junior Tag League, we've got the lineup announced. So we have uh, ten teams in a single block format. We have. Takamichinoku and Doki. We have the DKC and Yusuke Taguchi. Sho and Kanemaru. Watto and Desperado. Akira and TJP. Kevin Knight and Kushida. Driller Maloney and Clark Goddard. Robbie Eagles and Kosei Fujita. Titan and Bushi. And Yo teaming up with Musashi, who is a guy who wrestles for Michinoku Pro. He is 33 years old. He, I watched his recent... Well, I say recent. It was last year. He had a match with Fujita Junior Hayato, which was... Very highly rated, a lot of people's match of the year. Uh, and yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, he does a lot of good bridging German suplexes and, and kicking people's faces and that. So I think we're going to have a good time with um, Musashi. So Louis says, did you guys, uh, would you ever have guessed Yo's tag team partner of Super Junior Tag League? I'm assuming it was supposed to be Leo Rush. Um, it's just a little bit of context here. So the, the team name for this Yo and Musashi team is going to be called Musashi Komatsu, which is a play on all the train stations in Tokyo that are named Musashi Ko something. So there's Musashi Kosugi, Musashi Koyama, and Musashi Kogane. Uh, so Yo said that he came up with the name when he was at Musashi Kosugi Station and thought that there should be a train station named Musashi Komatsu <laughs> after himself. Right, and Musashi I... Kosugi Station yeah. happens to be the station where Great Okan saved the, the oh. little girl. Can I can I just say this? Like I have fleeting thoughts like that a lot, you know. Like, oh, I'm going to be funny if this happened, or oh, I'm, I I see a, I walk by a store and it's uh, you know Joel's discount spoons, and I'm like, ha, funny Joel. I know a Joel. <laughs> I'm going to be funny if, if you really owned it, and that's it. I don't let those thoughts turn into reality. <laughs> No, David, this is a Kikuchi special. This is oh, good. This is one of the most compelling, compelling storylines in, in the company right now. Uh, but yeah, that is our lineup for Super Junior Tag League. I think it's a really good lineup. Yeah. I think it's a sort of a testament to what a great job whoever's booking it has done in restacking the junior division and the junior tag division specifically, because we've got a lot of established teams, a lot of exciting teams, good showcase of young up and coming talent there. And yeah, I know it's something that people would typically hand wave, but I would definitely throw on some of these shows in the background, and I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of good stuff. So, how are you feeling about the lineup? Yeah, I like the lineup a lot. Um, once again, it's the it's the junior tags that are that are carrying things for me anyway from a from a fan perspective. Um, how shocked were you to learn that Michinoku Pro was still a thing? Uh, yeah, was he wouldn't have been my pick for Dio's part. I mean, I suppose we should touch on Leo Rush, who posted what looked like a really sort of earnest social media thing, but then turned out to be a plug for his, his new song, his new album. I don't know. Like, I'm I give up. rapidly losing patience slash sympathy. Like, I don't know, man. Everyone, plenty of people in the business have got hurt or sick or whatever and missed big opportunities. But if they were expecting Leo Rush to be on the Super Junior Tag League Tour, which I think they were, uh-huh. and he has pulled out of that tour, and it's not because he's unable to compete, then I don't think the office are going to look on that favorably. I, I, I mentioned this to you in a uh, private conversation we've had uh, with uh, 
dare I say, some people that uh, I respect uh, and uh, dare I say I, I admire uh, about this situation. And I mentioned something, and I will say here today, and I will stand behind it. I don't think pro wrestling is a good idea for him. In the sense of the travel, the stress, the uh, the commitment to being away from loved ones. And if you are a person who suffers from any type of uh, mental health issues, like in the in the past that that we have discussed, um, it, that's not an easy thing to just get over. Someone in our Discord mentioned a scenario, and I just wanted to take that person out and buy them a beer and a slice of pizza and say, "I feel you." It, uh, not Ophelia, I feel you. Um, in the sense of... It wasn't the Halal Benoit thing, was it? <laughs> it was not. It certainly was not. That is where I deleted Discord for a couple days. Just to fucking... I couldn't deal with it. Um, the, they said, you know, there's nothing worse than when you think you have it all sorted out and you think that you got all your ducks in a row and all your eggs in the basket and things feel like you got them under control and then you don't and you're away from your support systems and you are jet lagged and you're in a different time like all that like that's not the best scenario all I'm saying is this it's totally fucking okay for him not to be a pro wrestler doesn't have to be a pro wrestler. You want to focus on your music career? Focus on your music career. You want to focus on whatever else you want to do. You want to fucking be a tr- be a dad. Like that's honorable. I support that. Yeah, he's missing his kids and wants to be more present as a dad. Absolutely. Go for it, man. Yes, without question. Honorable. Respect it. Yes, do it. I don't think pro wrestling is a good idea. I, I don't, and that's not, the, and and this is me saying about a guy who every time he's in the ring, I absolutely a thousand percent enjoy what he does, how he does it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm saying that the lifestyle, even in 2023, is really not that great for anyone who struggles with just about anything. If you struggle with alcohol. How fucking difficult, how difficult is the life of a pro wrestler if you suffer from alcoholism? How difficult is it to be if you, uh, I don't know, if you, you're afraid to fly? Um, you're, uh, you have troubles at home and you need to have, you know, you need to take care of. And you're relying on other people to tie up those ends. Like, it's not a great life. I'm uh, just saying. And I don't have any problem with him not being on the tour. I just think that, uh, like, New Japan has to say, for the benefit of everyone, we're going to take a pass. 
Like I, th- I would hope New Japan Pro Wrestling eventually becomes the big boys in this situation, the adults in this situation, and say, you know what? I appreciate everything that you can and 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 you have done, and but I, I we just don't think it's a good good idea for any of us. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I mean, this is the same company that's giving Tangalora a sustained push. So I don't, I don't know if reason it's is just that. contract. I mean, I, here's the thing: I don't blame I don't blame him at all. You know, I don't believe I don't blame any of them at all. No, no, it's not. Take that bag, man. You yes, can get that bag. Absolutely. If you can get that in writing, listen. But here's the thing, too. I mean. There is a bit of a ceiling there with that never. Like seriously, if I negotiated that and put that in a contract, and I'm not saying it's there. That's you know that's that's the word on the street. Um, and it just winds up being the never title. I would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's that's it. That's what you got for me, prick bastard. So there you go. Nice deep run in World Tag League with Chase Owens. Oh, that's, can't wait. I can't. I cannot. I cannot wait for that <laughs> um, month to be off. <laughs> uh, SM North says thoughts on Fujita's two month 11 match excursion I mean I don't does that mean he's officially back from excursion I don't know look I've said before I think he's he, he's good enough to return but it would not surprise me if after Super Junior Tag League he's off doing a bit more of an excursion but uh, there you go uh, William says with Super Junior Tag League next month which team should get the shot at Wrestle Kingdom or do they do a four way oh. to put more guys on the card so um, what I will do David is I'll tell you the lineups for the final uh, block night which is November 2nd in Osaka Eddie and 2. So there's no match order yet but by looking at the final matchups we can maybe try to hypothesize who may or may not still be in the run at this point so in no particular order we got Masashi and Yo against Titan and Bushi and again like both of those teams could conceivably be in the mix on the last day we got Robbie Eagles and Kosei Fujita against Driller and Clark Perhaps Robbie and Fujita playing spoiler there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it would be unlikely that Driddle and Clark won Super Junior Tackling. They could make it to the final, though. Uh, we've got the Intergalactic Jet Setters, Kevin Knight, Kushida against Catch 2 2, Akira and TJP. So you would expect that to be a decisive match. You would expect one of those teams to get through to the final. Right. Uh, then we have Despia Wato against Sho and Kanemaru. And again, I expect that to be a significant match in deciding who goes to the finals. And DKC and Taguchi against Taka and Doki, which I'm assuming will have no impact on yeah. the runnings. So just based on that, if I had to pick, I would say probably looking at a final of Catch 2-2 against Wato and Despi. I think that's probably the most interesting final I can think of. And, you know, there's plenty of interesting directions to go. I mean, I let's... Hmm, yeah, that's a tough one, actually. Because I think Watto and Despi winning the Super Junior Tag League would be really fun. You know, do you remember when Watto and Despi were forced to team up yeah. last year in that incredible tag match, yeah. and they were slapping each other, and it was really good. And now, sort of Despi giving him the begrudging, not not a full handshake, a little finger shake, and now they're teaming up together. Like to me, that's quite interesting and compelling. So them potentially winning Super Junior Tag League and challenging Driller and Clark for the junior tag team titles. I'm into that. Like I would say that would be something I would be actively looking forward to for Wrestle Kingdom. But um, yeah, what's your, your vibe on potential finalists or winners for super junior tag league? You know, initially I, I hand waved the idea of having it be a multi-man tag match at Wrestle Kingdom, but 
you rattling off those teams. Yeah, it's a lot of talent. There is a lot of fucking talent in there. And I would hate to have and someone. Teams that can make it work. I mean, you're looking at eight guys that will tear down the house. Um, it's going to be five pounds of shit in a three pound bag. But I, you know, for the first time in a long time, I don't know if I necessarily have a problem with with, with multi man junior tag match opener, um, just because there's there's so much going on there, um, and if and and if they don't get there, the only other option is the junior heavyweight title match, and obviously that's going to be well. I can't say obviously it's going to be one guy. They could squeeze in another guy too. Uh, you figure tag champs aren't winning it. I do like the fucking TMDK team. I really like them a team a lot. I'd like to see them do something. I don't know. I feel like they're one of those teams that are going to be kind of in the middle somewhere. Uh, but if we can find a way to squeeze them into a main event, you know, main event, a junior tag championship match at Wrestle Kingdom, them, Clark Connors, yeah, the Bullet Club representation, Drilla, Watto, and Despy. I mean, look. I, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining about any of that. <laughs> you know, I, seriously, there's there's like no team where I'm like maybe Bushi and you know, but even that, you know, there's there's stuff there. I don't give a fuck about Bushi anymore. But you know, so I'm not, I can't say that team is terrible. They're not. All right, T Tam has had what is probably going to be one of my top three matches of the right. year. Like, he could do the heavy lifting there. Right, he's good enough. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot there. Joel, to me, it's hands down one of the most interesting. F- and again, it's been all year. Um, where I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. And that's that's the fun. Like you know how we were talking about. I don't know what they're doing for us. That like that's a bad. I don't know. This is a really good. I don't know. Excellent. All right. Uh, it is eleven o'clock now. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm hungry. I want to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Antonio. I'll, I'll save your questions for next week. It's just so, too long. I mean, we'll be here till fucking Tuesday. You know what I mean? Come on. All right, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, um, pro forward slash super j cast for our t shirts. Big thanks to editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at lousyhero219. Follow us on Twitter at the super j cast. Thank you, everybody, for listening and goodbye.
hola, hola, my name is Ricardo, I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.